And we're going to look at some very simple, practical steps about the process of forgiveness. What that really looks like, real terms, in everyday life. Because the truth is this, every single day you will be dealing with forgiving somebody. And may not be a big thing uh, of where someone has offended you or hurt you. It may just be a little simple thing, um, a minor thing perhaps. But every single day that will be a reality that there's somebody for some reason that you need to forgive. Somebody mistreated you, somebody was rude to you, somebody took something from you, and whether that was a reputation or um, money or security of some sort, that will happen every single day of our lives. Now, the truth is, between here and the end of the year, when it's the holiday season, right? So I was talking to somebody this morning, and we just said flippantly the term happy holidays, and how ironic that really sounds when you say it and think about all the stuff going on and the rush and the doesn't feel very happy or sound very happy. And so um, we're going to look at some very simple practical steps. Um, for the past couple weeks, uh, a good portion of what we've talked about stems from a book I read by Andy Stanley called Enemies of Heart. The men's group has just finished that book um, uh, on Saturday mornings. Um, I have my copy here from Mr. Barra. Um, it's a good book. It's, it's a retitled. He read it years ago and re, he repackaged it. Um, so the book is a little bit slow. But if any of the guys in this group if you want to ask them, probably the strongest chapter in this book is what you're going to hear, what you heard last week, and what you're going to hear parts of today. Um, and so let's look at this morning some very simple, practical steps about forgiveness. And so we're going to read our first verse, then we're going to pray together. Our very first verse comes from Ephesians, where Paul writes to a group of believers. And he says in chapter 4, verse 32, Be kind and compassionate, compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, because you all deserve it. Because if deep down you're all really good people. Because you just misunderstood. Or you are misunderstood. No. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ you've been forgiven. Just as in Christ God forgave you. That's right. God, we believe that at the heart of who we are as followers, um, we find forgiveness. Not just for find forgiveness from you, but we find forgiveness as a character trait that as, as God followers, this has to be um, a defining thing for us. What we look like, what we feel like, how we talk, how we treat, that, we treat each other. Um, forgiveness should be at the core of that. So help us learn from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's reiterate a couple things we talked about last week. At its core, forgiveness is the decision to cancel a debt. We're going to look at verse 5, or not entirely, but we're going to look at the same section. We, we jumped off from last week, and if, if there's a platform from which we leap, and it's a story we talked about last week, um, where we understand that forgiveness is a simple decision to cancel a debt. And also, if you are ever reluctant to be forgiven or to forgive an offense, most likely you are looking at what has been done to you instead of what has been done for you. 
on any level of forgiveness, whether the slight was small or it was a malicious attack on your character, on your person, on whatever it was. You are most likely unwilling to forgive when you look at what has been done to you instead of what has been done for you. And we easily read the verse from Ephesians. Just as God forgave you in the name of Jesus. So, if we start back with our story um, that we looked at last week from Matthew chapter 18, the first thing we do is we identify who we're angry with. Do we have any passive aggressives here? Yes. Thank you for the one honest person. John was going to raise your hand, and he thought, no, I'll never get the end of that. You know? Um, how about aggressive aggressives? Yeah, yes. Jim and I get to play golf a little bit together. And, uh, yes. Somebody was going to raise your hand, Jim. I'm not saying who it was. Uh, but um, how do we deal with that anger because somebody has slighted us or hurt us? Sometimes it's easy to identify. You know that person by name. And I, I promise you that right now we could just take a quick survey and say, name one person you're angry with. And you would have to pick, like, which name you're going to say out loud. Right? You would have to struggle, like, oh, I don't know. I like everybody. No, I don't know. And you lie to yourself, right? Long before you lie to everybody else. And so, if I were to ask, well, who are you angry with? Oh, you could have a list very quickly. Not just one name, but you could come up with several too easily. And so, part the first step, the first thing we do is we identify that we're angry. Um, who owes us? Who has betrayed us? Who hurt us? There's a debt that somebody owes us, and who are they? And for you, maybe that goes back years. It may go back to your childhood. It may go back to a, to a marriage. It may go back to a parent. It may go back to yesterday. It may just go back to this morning. It may go back to a relationship that uh, for whatever reason, just went south in a hurry, or it was a prolonged abuse, you know who those people are you're angry with. You can identify them pretty quickly, pretty easily. You know that whoever those people are, they have no clue, no clue that they've sinned against you. Now, some people know, I mean, depending on the, you know, behavior or the act or whatever it was, but sometimes people just don't know. They just don't know. You are holding people in prison that they don't know they're in prison. You have drank from the cup of bitterness waiting for them to die, and they don't. Understand that's what that revenge, that's what that bitterness is, is the poison that you drink and you wait for the other person to die. And you've lived so many years of your life like that. You didn't realize it, and maybe until today, that's, that's the thing you hold in your heart. And you hold it in your heart for all different kinds of reasons. You hold that, that debt because you think it gives you strength, it gives you power. And maybe you just run on anger. Maybe that's the thing that fuels you. And you understand that it's like bad gas. No, okay, what I mean, like the gas you get from a tank. Like from, sorry. Okay, let me tell you this quick story. Um, in the sermon that 
get together and do. And in the middle of saying we should do our fair share, we should do our part, I said we should all do our part. And when I said it, I had a lot. I, and I said it very quickly, and I just kept on talking. And I could see in the crowd there were like three people in the room. So I just like and they called me after church and they're like, Did you say this? I don't know what you're talking about. You should pay more attention to the Lord. Right. 
never see them again because of all the pain that rises to the surface. Who are those people? Who is that person that you want to set straight? You want to tell them everything they did to you, etc., etc. Who is that person? That's the first thing you do. They're going to be grinding with who that person is. Name them. Just name them. sitting next to you, um, you may not want to write their name down <laughs> where they can see it. Right? And you can if you're going to turn to the side and write it down, it's going to be telling also. So um, it may be sufficient that you just make that mental note. Okay? So you make a list. Determine who you're angry with. Who that person is or who those people are. Right? The second thing you do is you determine what they owe you. As it began to settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. The king knew exactly, exactly what was owed him. So, determine what they owe you. Sometimes it's easy because they owe you 50 bucks. They sniffed you. They never paid their part of the Christmas gift for grandma. For the last five years. Right? You know, people like that, yes, they'll lie. They never, I mean, I don't know, my mom, not Grandma but I can't say anymore. Um, but there are people who owe you. And maybe it's a simple thing where you can give a dollar amount for that. Most likely, it is not something you can add or determine a monetary value to. Because your parents got divorced and they owe you. A childhood. Somebody gossiped about you and they owe you a reputation. Your husband filed for divorce. Your wife filed for divorce. And they owe you a marriage. They owe you security. So those things are a little more touching, aren't they? Because that makes you come to a place of saying, what do they really owe me? That boss that fired me unjustly. That was those people who cut you loose, those people who gossiped about you, those people who hurt your feelings. That sister-in-law that is obsessed with being skinny and you are never going to be skinny enough. And on any given holiday, you say, you need a sandwich. So determine what they owe you. And you know, in your heart, you know who they are. It may take some really hard work for you to say, this is what they owe me. I encourage you to write those things down. The king knew exactly who owed him what. Not just who, but the, the amount they owed. And again, it's easier if you're talking about a denomination. But when you talk about emotions, and you talk about feelings, and you talk about um, stuff that has no monetary value, those things are far more weighty and far more expensive. 
to figure out what they owe you. And here's how you do that. General forgiveness does not remedy specific hurts. Think that through in your heart. General forgiveness. Oh, I forgive him. Oh, I forgive her. I forgive them. And just this big general blanket statement does not remedy the specific hurts. It may pull a blanket over them. It may push them down a little bit. It may give you this feeling of superiority because you have forgiven. Okay? General forgiveness does not remedy specific hurts. So make a list. Make a very detailed list. What would they need to return to you? What would that mean? Is it the 50 bucks? Or is it a reputation? Is it security? Is it purity? Is it your childhood? Is it your marriage? Is it your job? What do they need to return to you? Make a list. Make a list. Number three. Is tough. And that's where we cancel the debt. Since he was not able to pay the master order that he and his wife and his children, all that he had, he sold to repay the debt. Let's stop right there and understand the simple truth that I think just came to me. Um, selling them does not get the king back the money that he's owed. They owe the debt they can never ever repay. Some debts can't be repaid. They just can't. You can't get back your childhood. You just can't. You can't get back that marriage and all the damage that was done as if it had never happened. You can't get back your reputation as intact as it was before. Some debts just can't be repaid. You just can't. That is why it's so important that you cancel the debt. Because if you don't, you will spend the rest of your life trying to get repayment for a debt that can't be repaid. And you will exhaust so much energy and so much of your heart. You understand, when we talk to teenagers about love, whatever love is, um, whatever they think it is, you only have so much space in your heart. You understand that? Your heart is only, I mean, the physical heart, I mean, the emotional heart, the spiritual heart. There's only so much of it. So you have to be careful how much of it you give away. And how much real estate in your heart that you let other things occupy. Because pretty soon you've run out of real estate. You've given so much of your heart away. Or you've allowed bitterness or revenge or whatever it is to occupy the real estate of your heart. There's not room for anything else. And then you wonder why somebody walks out of the church every single day. Holy smoke. That is exactly what I need to hear. And you walk out going, man. I didn't get it. 
it's entirely possible that I just didn't do a good job communicating. But it's also entirely possible that you have no more real estate in your heart to allow God's truth to take up some space. So, when you cancel that, you free up real estate in your heart. The servant fell on the seas before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt. Okay, so let's understand a couple things here before I move on. I don't believe it is necessary to tell the person that you've forgiven them. That, in many cases, could do far more harm than good. Here's what happens. Um, Brennan, sitting here with his glasses, home from college, um, has done something to me. I don't know what it is, you imagine. He's robbed from me somehow. Um, he has a debt that maybe only I know he owes me. So what I do is I go to Brendan and say, Brendan, I forgive you. What does that do between Brendan and I? One thing is that puts me in a position of superiority. I'm the better man. Did you see yourself feeling like that? This is now going to go to where I'm forgiving and not have to let go. So then I've, I've even I've exacerbated the debt between us. It hasn't fixed anything. It hasn't remedied anything. If anything, it has made that chasm bigger. Because what I can do now, and here's how sinful we are, I can pour that over See, Brian, I forgave you for that. That makes the transaction between Brandon and I instead of between God and I. And you understand that forgiveness is always about what happens in your heart. Always, always, always. I don't necessarily need to tell Brandon that I've forgiven him, especially if he is clueless. What I've done is I've created a, a transactional economy between Brandon and I. So, when I forgive, it's perfectly acceptable to keep that transaction between God and I. Because it really is about what has to happen in my heart. I trust the Holy Spirit in this matter. Here's what I mean. If Brennan feels, if Brennan needs to feel that he has sinned against me, I trust the Holy Spirit to let Brennan know that. Now, that may mean that we have a conversation in the future. But to walk in the room and go, right, I'll forgive you. Right? That, that, do you see how that could create a position of authority and not a position of submission? Not me humbling myself, but me rewarding myself. Do you like that? Did you see yourself? being tempted to go to that person and say, I forgive you. Kiss the ring. Man, we can scare ourselves to that very easy because we're just broken, man. We are. We have this 
the brokenness inside of us that we inherited from Adam and Eve. And it doesn't get any better, it just gets worse, and that's why we have to work on it. And so we simply, not simple, but simply make a choice to cancel a debt. Just to cancel it. Fourth. And this is the daily part of it. I need to dismiss the case. I need to let it go. Our very last section of that verse, and the king lets him go. Doesn't make you wear a scarlet A. Doesn't branding. Doesn't make you wear a dunce hat. And he lets him go. This is the daily grind. Because what will happen if I do not cancel it and dismiss the case with Brennan? Anything that Brennan does that is remotely connected to how he hurt me or took from me or offended me, any little thing he does, I can add to the list. I can let that pile up between us. I can let that push the chasm farther and farther between us. If I don't, dismiss it. So what needs to happen is that every little thing that Brennan does, I cannot take personally. And if he does sin against me again, or if he does rob from me again, if he does create this debt again, I very simply have to remind myself, okay, well, what? I dismiss that. There's no meaning for that. I've canceled that debt. I've dismissed that case. That is the daily grind of it. That's the thing you have to do every single day with people in your life. And maybe it's people that are dead and gone. And so when the holidays roll around like they are and will, you're going to be reminded of those offenses. You're going to be reminded of the debt that exists. And so you very simply have to have. Charles Stanley talks about his stepfather, stepfather, his name was John, John was dead and gone. And he had a conversation one day with his dead grandfather, with his dead stepfather, at the kitchen table. Not creepy sounds, that's not what I mean. He barely simply was intentional about sitting at the kitchen table and imagining John was sitting across from him and laid it all out. Listed off everything. And said, I canceled the debt. I dismissed the gates and got them walked away from the table. And so that now, every time he's reminded of something, he says, whoa, 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 I dismissed that case. I canceled that debt. That does not have any control over me. That very well may be something that you need to do. There are those cases in your life, those stories in your life that have cost you, and, and they've robbed you from something. they robbed something from you. They've taken from you. So the four things we talked about today very simply, are how you go through the process of genuinely forgiving. Genuinely forgiving somebody. We're not talking about just forgive and forget. That is so trite. And so easily rolls off our tongue. I'll forgive and forget. You know as well as I do that. It's bullcrap. It just is. Unless you go through the process. 
Because at the heart of it all, Father, that's what you did for us. That's exactly what you did for us. So we thank you for that. You are good, and we love you. Thank you, Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, so next week we will start a mini-series on the first Christmas, looking at who we are and what we do today with Christmas versus what they did then and what it looked like then. So, um, I look forward to seeing you next week. Remember, there are people that are going to be at those tables back there. If you need to sign up for stuff, you need to take stuff, you need to do whatever, those people will be back there at that table to answer any and all questions for you. Um, we understand you could have been to church anywhere today, and you chose to be here with us. We are thankful and humbled by that. God bless you. Have a great time.